ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two ways to do that. You can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet to us. Use the diocesan uh, Twitter handle, sfdiocese, hashtag ignition. Again, SFDiocese, hashtag ignition. Father Andrew Dickinson um, is helping lead a, a 30-day silent retreat. Um, he's actually doing a bit of talking, but he's leading, directing others who are leading the retreat. So we have in studio our illustrious guest co-host. That's your official t- illustrious wow. guest co-host. I need a name tag that says Emily that. Hoffman. It'd be a big name tag. Yeah. Like either really small print or a big name tag. I'll have to print business cards. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Emily. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Chris. It's yes. good to be back. So Emily and I uh, work with each other. We've talked, I've introduced you before, but uh, it's been a little while. So um we work in the same office, but what do you do? Just to, so the listeners know a little bit about who this Emily Hoffman is. Yeah, you bet. I I work in the Office of Discipleship and Evangelization, uh, and a big part of what I do is I coordinate a lot of events. So pilgrimages that happen throughout the diocese, for example, World Youth Day, March for Life, that kind of thing. Um, a lot of that kind of falls onto my plate. And then as well as coordinating some of the youth uh activities that happen throughout the year, youth conferences, decamps, which are quickly approaching, yes. um, helping coordinate Totus Tuus as well, and then um, being of assistance, obviously, to you, Chris, and then to Eric Gallagher um, in any way that I can regarding some of the discipleship that initiatives that are really coming out of the diocese. And uh, and you do a great job at it, even though, and we'll talk about today, I think it'll fit, but uh, there are things we'll get to. <laughs> put, the, put that in our pocket, yeah, and, there, and we're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that in a little bit later. So what, what are we going to talk about today, Emily? So, Chris, as you and I were talking about um, topics and what we might want to address today, something that I think has really been a topic of discussion in our office is personality types. Right. Um, in regards to how do we work together? How do we know our strengths? How do we know our weaknesses a little bit better? So um, in, in one of the ways that we've been doing this or in the context that we've been doing this is talking about the Myers-Briggs personality type. So um, we were thinking it would be a blast to dive into that a little bit today, um, but really starting with kind of the importance of the the why. Why dive into some of these personality types? Why uh, ask yourself these questions. Why get to know yourself in this regard? Yeah. So I and I think the last question there you asked is is really the, the first one. Why get to know yourself? Uh, because it's important to know yourself. It just really as you know, the, one of the big themes of our office is discipleship. Yep. So if I'm going to grow closer to Jesus Christ, it's important that I have self, some self-awareness about who I am, what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, not just spiritually, but just even in a very human way, mm-hmm. um, because we're part of the larger church. And so I encounter Christ in and through the church, and therefore human relationships are a natural part of what it means to be a disciple. Yes. And how different we truly are as humans. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll be in conversation with someone and I'll think, I just, I don't understand how this person yeah. thinks. And and I think that can either be frustrating or in light of knowing my own personality type, knowing my preferences, knowing who I am, 
it's it suddenly becomes much more clear. Oh, we're just we're just different, right? In right. how we perceive things, and then that creates this foundation of friendship that can be entered into. I think. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. So, uh, it, I think most people, including myself. Uh, go through the same sort of evolution that you just talked about. Uh, we grow up or whatever. We become aware that people do things differently, like close friends, family mm-hmm. members. And and it can be frustrating because like, what, why, wh- why would you think like yeah, that? Yeah. What are you thinking? Why would get you? <laughs> exactly. Um, so as we go through that, but then, then you realize that, well, it's not just, they weren't think they, they weren't being dumb or something. They're just, they they they're different than me and of course it will duh chris mm-hmm. of course people are different but that even goes to um i again duh it's true about personalities but when you go deeper i mean th- there's a great variety and really th- there is some different personalities that we all have yes absolutely you know i have to tell you um so i graduated from the university of st thomas and my absolute favorite class that I took in my um, in my undergraduate education was from a man named Dr. John Burry. He's a psychologist. Very first day of class, he said, "Your one assignment for the entire semester is to keep a journal, and on the very front page, I want you to write this quote from Socrates: the uncontemplated life is not worth living.'" Yes, and it transformed my world. Honestly, I, I, I point to that as one of the single most formative classes that I've ever taken because the entire basis of it was the uncontemplated life is not worth living. Like to, to really live life to the full requires self-knowledge. It requires contemplation. It requires wrestling and asking these questions of yourself and of the people around you. And I think that's what these personality tests, these, um, you know, relational tests are all about. Right. So I was going to say, so the, the, the uncontemplated life, the unexamined life is not worth living. And you alluded to it, but why? Why? Why not? I love your face right now. <laughs> I wish our listeners could see that. Why not? Um, I think that's a great question, and I, you know, I don't think it can be illuminated until you actually start to dive into this contemplation of life, because it suddenly becomes much more clear. How could I ever? How could I ever not? So, what would you say? Somebody said, "Okay, why?" Why bother then, though? Like, why should I enter? And so, for instance, I think for me, one one thing that I see in in our culture at large is um, a sense of driftlessness. Yes. Yep. You know, and and so I think one way that can one one particular way that that manifests itself is just a sense of being kind of like a pinball in a pinball. I'm just bounced from one stimuli to another. I don't like it. Yes. But I don't. Part of that is. Um, Often, not always, but often, I think part of that is not really being aware of of who I am in a, yeah. in a sufficiently deep way. Yes. Does that Absol- make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I think the other thing that I would add um, in, in response to your original question, why? You know, why is it not worth living? Um, in this podcast for the new evangelization, it's we have to know our strengths. We have to know our weaknesses. Yep. We have to know... Um, what our gifts are really in our personality type in the way that we are created in the way that we interact with the world i think it's so important to recognize where where am i at and how can i use my gifts effectively 
for the sake of others right. in and, some and, regard. And one thing that we talk a lot about, um, and, and in our diocese this fall, we're going to be having a Charisms Discernment Workshop, so the supernatural mm. gifts that we're given. Um, we're going to be spending a whole Friday and Saturday uh, looking at what those are, uh, and we'll talk more about that as time gets closer. But today, what we're just talking about is in addition to the supernatural gifts, we have natural gifts, natural strengths, natural weaknesses, um, and that's the focus of what we're, what we're talking about in this particular podcast. Um, I think part of that too, and, and you've alluded to several times, relationships um, and as, as we mentioned earlier, discipleship, we're in this together with other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And so often, whether it's in our family or in a work situation, you're working with other people. Yes. It's just, it's very practical. Yes. It's very helpful to know the people, my family, my department, my team, yes. whatever it is, yeah. to understand our different personality types so we can work together more effectively. Absolutely. And I think we should point to some examples a little bit later on in the podcast of ways, particularly even in our work environment, that we've started to recognize our personality types and how that's been benefited, you know, our work environment. But I love that you said families as well. You know, so, so often I think couples that, um, you know, maybe pursue marriage counseling or, or whatever it might be, it's because there's this lack of really understanding this, the difference in personality types and, and maybe the wife feels like the husband is purposefully or intentionally doing things to irritate them or to annoy them or to frustrate them. And the reality is we do get frustrated. We're human. But when we have this lens of recognizing the difference in personalities and just what comes naturally to someone, I think it alleviates a lot of that misunderstanding and yeah, what your natural inclination is. Right. So I think we we recently were, we were, um, somebody gave a great example of yes. that natural inclination. Do you, you yes. want to share this? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was so good. So good. So if you're, if you're listening, I want you to go ahead and cross your arms. That's your preference. Okay. See what I'm saying? So we have one arm over the other. What you naturally did is your preference. Okay. Now, now listeners switch them the other way. So the, the, so the opposite yeah. arm direction of which you would normally cross yeah. your arms. Yep. It was funny when we first did this, there was one gal that was sitting in our in our group that tried and tried and tried and she, I, I can't do it. Right. So so the example that he gave, though, when you first cross your arm, that's your personal preference. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't switch it and do it a different way. It's just simply your preference. It's what's comfortable. Right. And that's really what personality types are. It's, it's you know, particularly the Myers-Briggs um, assessment that we'll be talking about a little bit today. It's just your personal preference. It's what naturally comes to you as a preference. And that doesn't mean that you cannot um, navigate from that. And I think that's also an important thing that we'll talk about in a little bit, um, that it that this is not a box, that it's not um, a, a mandatory, well, I'm this, so I can only act in this way. That's actually a very dangerous um, thing, but but it's a tool to understand what comes naturally. Yeah, and I think some people, so the idea then using the Myers-Briggs is one example, and there are all sorts of different ways to do this, Myers, uh, uh, to, to talk about personality types. Myers-Briggs is one of the most well-known, the most popular, uh, but with all of them, some people sort of um, react negatively to them. Well, you're just trying to categorize me and so mm-hmm. on. No, it's just, it's what we've been saying earlier. It's just it's a way that psychology and psychologists seem to have come up with that has some accuracy, it seems, uh, to help us understand personalities better. And and I think part of the, the frustration or fear that some people have is is what you're just speaking to. You're just categorizing me. You're putting yeah. me in a box. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, just trying to better understand who we are as human yes. beings, as, men, as and yes. men and women. Absolutely. And I think the thing that I like about the Myers-Briggs, because of that, um, maybe push back a little bit of, uh, I don't want to be put in a box. I don't want to, um, 
act only in accordance with what my personality type is. The the nice thing about the Myers-Briggs is it's actually uh, the assessment itself is a spectrum. Right. So when you're looking at the different categories, uh, you're actually if you if you've ever taken the the, the test online, um, there's actually a percentage assigned right. to whichever personality trait you tend to uh, exhibit the most. So if you're you know extrovert versus introvert, you might be a 42% extrovert or a 2% extrovert versus a 3% introvert. So there's a spectrum that that kind of shows you to what degree you might exhibit this right. this dominant trait. Yeah. So, and, and we'll get into those here in a little bit, but but with those, and several years ago, I I, um, I went through the more extensive Myers-Briggs assessment with yes. somebody, uh, somebody's been trained to do this and talking about it afterwards. And her, and her point was with the different uh, preferences, you are either one or the other, but you're stronger or weaker in mm-hmm. it. Because like, some people are like, well, sometimes I'm this and some, no, you're, you're either generally one or the other, but you might just be weaker than yes. other people are in, in a particular way. Yes. So I think one of the most, uh, the, the example that most people are familiar with maybe is extrovert versus introvert. Mm-hmm. That's one of the basic, well, do we want to talk about Myers-Briggs more yeah. generally first? Yeah, a little bit? yeah, okay. yeah. Let's do that. So Myers-Briggs, uh, we won't get into the details. You can uh, look it up online, the background. But what the way it's come to us today or the way it's done is there are four combinations of letters, so to speak, um, that describe uh, together, come up with 16 different personality types that most people fall into. Um, and so the first is um, intuitive, sorry, introvert versus extrovert. Um, the second is, and help me out here real quick if you have it handy, because I lost her, I lost my train of thought. Uh, I had it. Oh, um, sensor versus intuitive, intuitive. Yep. yep. Um, and then thinker versus feeler, and finally judger versus perceiver. And you might be listening to you this listener and be like, "What, what does that mean?" Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think the thing that's helpful is to point to the questions, um, the question behind the question, if you yeah. will. So. For example, um, you know, when when you're trying to figure out am I an introvert or an extrovert, the question that you might ask is, do you prefer to focus on the outer world or on your inner world? Um, Another question would be, do I do I find energy from being around people, from being amidst people or do I find energy from retreating by myself? Um, For example, myself, I if I have too much alone time, I go stir crazy. Right. I am I'm stronger E extrovert. So I feel rejuvenated by spending time with people. I love getting depth of conversation with people. Um, I, I find energy in right. that. And that this is one, one common, common misperception about introvert versus extrovert is an introvert is not necessarily shy. It doesn't mean that they don't talk. Great distinction. Yep. Um, it, it's just, they, they get their energy from maybe smaller groups of people or, or solitude. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, so, so a, a great example with you and I, so we're, you and I are both extroverts. We have Eric, our colleague is an introvert. Um, we had a, a couple two day training recently at the end of that two day training, you and I were talking like, so what do you think? And Eric just needed to take off and be by himself. <laughs> he needed some quiet time because he was exhausted. He was with people literally all day, yep. the, the same yep. group of people, and so on. And that's just an example of how, um, and that's not good or bad yes. either case. Yes. Um, Have you ever fa- met an outgoing introvert? Yes. Fascinating people. Yeah. 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 But it happened. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. definitely a reality. And that just gets to the point. There's a, that, that misconception that yep. an introvert is shy or reserved. Not necessarily. No. Yeah. Um, I've got a brother-in-law who's 
exactly that. He's not shy or reserved, but he is an introvert. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the first one. What about the second? What's the question behind the question? So the question behind the question, we're, and we're talking about thinking versus feeling. Nope. Nope. Oops, I'm sorry. Which one are we talking in, about? Uh, Intuiting intuitive versus sensing. sensing. Sorry about that. Um, so the question behind the question for this one would be, do you prefer to focus on the basic information you take in or do you prefer to interpret and add meaning? So sensing would be, I, I you know, think of, think of your senses, the logical <clears throat> information that you take in through your senses versus intuiting, which would be to, you know, you're interpreting these things and then you're adding meaning to them. Yeah. Um, so, so intuitive and, and I can speak what, what, what so for intuiting. Okay. So we're both intuitive this way. So intuitive tend they, they tend to be more conceptual. So the information that, 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 that we take in, we tend to, to sort of very quickly go to a big picture perspective where, um, uh, somebody who's a sensor is much more comfortable with the details mm-hmm. where and intuitive speaking for myself, I'm much more comfortable with big picture, but when it comes to the nitty gritty details, that's, that's a weakness mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else to add with sensing intuiting? Think? I think this is, that one is probably the most difficult for me to really get a good grasp on. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit complicated. So, um, <clears throat> let's go to T versus F. Yeah. Thinking versus feeling. So, so far we've been on the same page. We're both E's yep. Yep. And, and we're both N's. Yep. We like the big picture. We're extroverts. We, we find energy among other people. So the question behind the question for thinking or feeling um, is when making decisions, do you prefer to first look at logic and consistency or first look at the people and special circumstances? Yes. So this is where you and I start to- So you are to- so wrong. <laughs> naturally differ oh that's actually a really good point that i don't think we mentioned yet is that there is no um right or wrong personality type although i think you and i both think that our own personality type is the best i was just gonna say except that's so funny because except for the fact that mine is the best but yes other than that there's no right or wrong you know why i think that is though is because when we meet other people with our own personality types we tend to like them totally like i love people that have my same personality type yeah more to come on that later. Yeah. Okay, so the question again, when making decisions, do you prefer to first look at logic and consistency or first look at the people and special circumstances? Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about that one? Well, and I think before getting to that, the, the questions, looking at the terms to also clarify a potential misunderstanding, thinker, feeler, thinking, feeling, we're not saying, I'm not saying that Emily doesn't think and can't think and Emily better not be saying that I can't feel Feel. or don't feel. This is not saying that a thinker is cold Spock like logic or that a feeler is ushy gushy, whatever. It's just saying predominantly, how do you process the information that that you take in? Um, Especially in regards to making decisions or processing information. Yeah, or, I'm sorry, yes, you're right, especially with regard to making decisions. Mm-hmm. So so thinking versus feeling, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it, the easiest way to talk about this is ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I do, I'm not perfect at it, but I do, my natural tendency is to, and, and I, I, I hate to put it this way, I don't know how, to, how else to put it, so you can correct me, tr- to be more objective, just like, okay, yeah. w- what are the facts here? And let's just try to make the best decision. Whereas you... I typically look at the people that are involved, um, I, I, I'm t- I tend to be more motivated by people in that regard. So if the outcome of my decision is going to negatively affect um, someone, I'm, 
uh, that typically has a greater influence than the decision that I'm going right, to make. Right. Whereas Does that makes sense. Is yeah, that? I, I think that's a great example. So, uh, so it can be hard for, uh, so maybe, maybe in, uh, a parenting situation, it might be harder for a feeler to have to have a hard conversation with their teenage mm-hmm. child mm-hmm. because of how it's not, again, that's not to say it can't, but it, whereas a thinker, it's a bit more, no, no, this is, this is how it is. This is how it is. Yep. You just, you screwed up. There are consequences that, whatever. Yep. yep. Um, but what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I think, I think that's true. I think that's, that's very true. And the other part of the, the question behind the question was that looking at consistency versus looking at special circumstances. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a thinker, I think is more <clears throat> often going to recognize, well, this is how it was done previously. This is the outcome that happened previously, whatever it might be. And I think a feeler is more bound to say, well, okay, how am I feeling about the circumstances right now? What are we, what's different? What's, um, what's at play that might not have been at play before? And maybe, maybe taking the personalities of the other people into account. I yep. mean, so treating people differently, whereas a thinker is more like, no, we're again, consistency, we got to be the same. Again, you can take that too far. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's good to take, I, I try to take different personalities into account, but yep. that tendency is what we're talking yep. about here. Absolutely. So let's go to the final pair. So J versus P, the question behind the question. In dealing with the outside world, do you prefer to get things decided or do you prefer to stay open to new information and options? Yeah. And this is also, I'm an, I am I don't know where you are as a perceiver. I'm an off the charts judger. So again, judger doesn't mean judgment like I stand in judgment over people. Um, I, honestly, I'm not sure why the, these particular terms are used in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the way I would describe, like to me, as a as a really strong J, really strong judger, on time is ten minutes early. <laughs> like I factor in, like if I've got to be somewhere yep. um, that that uh, across town in Sioux Falls, it's gonna take me. It should take me twenty minutes to get there. I'll leave thirty. I will literally leave. Like I did this last night from when we're recording this. Um, I, I I had to be at a parish across town. Your parish, Saint Catherine Drexel. It's about a twenty minute drive. I left half an hour early because you never know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be on time, which means I'm going to be early. Yes. Yeah. Um. I think another funny example um, when I think of a of a P versus a J in this regard. Um, typically, it also looks at how do you plan your day? Right. So somebody that's a, a J, a high J, is really going to, they love lists. They want to yep. set out kind of an agenda for the day. They want to set out, okay, I'm going to do this first and then this and then this. And then at this time, I have this appointment. And a perceiver is typically going to say, mm, you know, let's see how we're feeling. Right. Let's see kind of where we're at. We'll see how tired we are. Like, let's not make any really concrete plans. We're just, we're kind of going to go with the flow, if you will. Right. Um, it was so funny. I, I was with my friend Matt last week and we were looking for a place to eat. We were in a new town. We we're looking for a place to eat. And I was kind of like, you know, let's just like drive this way a little bit and kind of see what we can find. So we did that for a little bit. And then he actually pulled into a parking spot put the car in park. And I was like, what are you doing? He was like, I'm looking for a place to eat. And his way was, I'm going to get on my phone and GPS where it is that we're going to go. Cause I don't want to drive aimlessly. And I was like, Oh, 
weird. <laughs> like, like, don't you just think there's going to be a place around the corner kind of thing? It was just a prime example of, of a J where he's a J and I'm a P. Like, I'm just going to feel it out. And if I have like a, a gut of like, oh, let's turn right here. I think there's going to be the perfect taco shop or right. whatever. Right. And his way was, let's make a plan. Let's figure out kind of where we're going right. and then implement that plan. Yeah, exactly. And going back to the example that you gave of, of scheduling the day as a, as a high judger, like when it gets thrown out of whack, it just bugs me. Oh, hilarious. Like I'm like, if, 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 if <laughs> this has never, seriously, this has never happened, but say I had the day really structured carefully, which I don't always do, but I often do. And then you came in and wanted to chat. Um, sometime I have to check myself. Like I could be like, like somebody could come in and I'd be like, oh, I'm getting behind schedule. Like this is like totally throwing. <laughs> I I've, I've learned to overcome that, but that's the reality of my, again, crossing the arms. My preference yep. is listen, there's a timetable here. Yep. You're messing up my timetable. Yep. Yep. So, so what I, what I do, I allow for, I budget. No. Um, yes. yes. You're kidding. No. <laughs> what? Not, Remember not. earlier when we started this podcast, we were like, sometimes I just don't get people. <laughs> I just don't get that. So that I, no I, I, I literally, not, not every day, but ideally, ideally I would schedule six out of my eight working hours and I allow two hours for walk-ins and other interruptions. That's the most bizarre thing yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> so we, See, that's so funny to me. So we've got about two minutes left. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, and you put all this together. So you can go online. You can find uh, Myers-Briggs. Just, but it, it's it, we've talked about the different the, the combinations. In the end, you'll have one of 16 different personality types. So yep. I'm an ENTJ. You're an ENFP. Yep. Um, and, and and what that means, you can look it up. On, who are Chris and Emily? <laughs> you can look them up. So just briefly talk about your type, though, and why you like your type so much. Um, I, and why it's so helpful to know it. Yes, absolutely. So I think one of the my favorite things in this training that we did when we really sat down and looked at the Myers-Briggs personality types was we actually read a one page description of our personality types. Um, and it was so powerful to me because as I was reading uh, some of my strengths and then some of my weaknesses, uh, it became very clear. I, I was first of all, I was affirmed in the things that I think I'm good at. And I think that's freeing because part of me. Right. Thanks. Yep. Um, I was just talking to a friend that happens to be an ENFP as well. And he was saying, um, I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I could do really anything I wanted to do. Right. And right. that was a huge insight to me. Yep. Yes. That's what, that's actually one of the gifts of an ENFP. Um, and then on the contrary, learning my weaknesses and right. how powerful that is. I am not a very organized person. I'm not somebody that likes to put together a schedule and I need to work on that. I need to overcome it. So we have about 40 seconds left and I want you, can you, can you in that time just talk briefly about what we mentioned earlier like your job part of your job is contrary to your your disposition as an ENFP yep absolutely and I think that's part of the Christian life yep. is growth right it's a huge part of the Christian life and so it's been a it's been a great gift that the Lord has given me to be in a job that requires great organizational skill great planning great organ you know all of those things because it's not something that comes naturally to me but I've been able to receive that as gift yep. and to recognize that, yes, it's not necessarily my preference, but 
it's a huge gift. Absolutely. And it goes back to what you said earlier. The unexamined life is not worth living. Amen. Amen. So with that, we will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, if you have any questions for this episode, any ideas for future episodes, you can email us ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet us sfdiocese, use the hashtag Ignition. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.